0: Going on, everybody. Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number three hundred. Three hundred episodes. This is Sparta! of this podcast, as of now, and very, very kind of uh, the Phillies to give us a great discussion topic for episode three hundred. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios, and as always, guys, this show would not be possible. Without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, you see me wearing them every single live show. Our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, TomahawkShades.com is the place to be. Fill up your cart. You only get one set of eyes, guys. So fill up your cart so you have a pair of Blue Light Plus glasses to rock each and every day as you're staring at a computer screen, looking at your phones, streaming uh, your favorite TV shows and movies. Lots of new movies coming out across these streaming platforms, playing video games, whatever it may be. Protect those eyes. And if you're outside driving, going to work still, protect them from those UV rays with the sunglasses they've got. TomahawkShades.com. When you go to checkout, use our promo code USP. You're going to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. And right now, free domestic shipping on all orders at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP for 25% off your order. Tomahawk Shades, quality product for an affordable price. And Matt, of course... Support for Underground Sports Philadelphia brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. And guys, are you ready for some football? Because the biggest game of the year is upon us on the Underground Sports Philadelphia three-year anniversary, February 7th in Tampa, and it's time to get your balls feeling super. Our partners at Manscaped are here to tell you to join the already two million men who trust Manscaped products for their below-the-waist and now above-the-waist grooming needs. Take Gronk's advice and shave your super balls. Yes, use the best tools to reduce nicks and cuts before the best game and choose the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Included is the Lawnmower 3.0, which is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. Guys, you should not be settling for unnecessary roughness below the waist. That's just a it's just a simple mistake that can be prevented. It's also waterproof and has a 90-minute battery. Guys, believe us when we tell you that, you know, this is the Super Bowl champion of ball trimmers. Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your nuts in the game all four quarters, and the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost in clutch time. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs, best in the game, they're also included and will bring your boxer game to the next level. Complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne signature sent by Manscaped, which, shout out to Manscaped, they hooked us up, all of us, with that new refined cologne and it smells immaculate. And it's made with the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, so this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. It's a whole new balls game, this Super Bowl. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at Manscaped.com. Your Super Balls will thank you. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code USP. Tackle your pubes and win the Super Bowl in your pants with Manscaped. And our newest sponsor on board with us, our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Guys, Stateside Vodka is the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in old Kensington, Philadelphia, but they're currently closed due to COVID. But when that bad boy opens back up, you know we will be there because they have a full bar restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. You know, those typical vodkas that are on the shelf, they're one-time, two-time, three-time, maybe even up to six-time distilled. Well, Stateside blows them out of the park because they're seven times distilled, certified gluten-free, and blended with electrolytes. It's the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in your favorite sports drink that just so happens to start with a G, and it's also the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. It's also won awards for best packaging in the world. So head over to statesidevodka.com to purchase your vodka. Get it right in time, you know, for the big game coming up in a couple weeks. Use our promo code USP to get 10% off the 1-liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com. That's statesidevodka.com. Promo code USP to get 10% off your 1-liter vodka bottles. Must be 21 or older. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. We are indeed living the dream because it felt like it wasn't gonna come true, but JT Real Muto is back with the Phillies. It is done. We no longer have to uh, have our social media bit of hashtag sign JT. It is over. He's here for the next five years, 115 and a half million dollars and we pulled a little bit of Washington Nationals because we're deferring some money this year to help with the the pandemic money losses, quote-unquote. But JT is here nonetheless. He did text John Clark, and John Clark confirmed this on the Wooder Boys podcast that he said, we're coming home, JT, certified Philly guy, and uh, the Phillies have their, their star catcher back for the next five years.
1: Yeah, I mean... This is a deal that we were talking about it just has to happen because of what you gave up to get JT to begin with, to let him walk, especially early on and right before he signs a deal too, you hear early on he might go to the Mets. That doesn't materialize. And now the last week we were hearing that there was mutual interest between him and the Braves. So it'd be terrible to have him leave it'd be even worse to have him go to a division rival and you know instantly upgrade them so I'm glad he's back I don't think this is a totally unreasonable price either for him I I think it's right in between the range that we were all um kind of speculating and talking about so yeah he's if not the best catcher in baseball you know he's like 1b essentially so he's great to have here lock him up for five years which is great and you hope that in that five-year window this team turns it around as uh, more competitive but yeah to, to have let him walk would have been just complete negligence I'm glad we made the right decision and and re-upped with him because there's just no way that you can sell that positively
0: and it's finally some it's like a breath of relief and a sigh of relief because not only was it that JT could potentially go to a rival team could leave after two years You also had that burden of, you. it's not like you're just signing JT Real Muto. You traded for him two years ago. You gave up your best prospect, who everybody is comparing to former Philly Pedro Martinez. Uh, And you had that kind of weighing things, even heavier, I think, because of what you gave up to get JT. And then the fact that there was a, a real possibility he could have been gone, whether it was the Mets, the Blue Jays, or, you know... I think the Braves thing was more or less get the deal done. Get the deal done. Let's get that AAV record. But it's finally such a nice feeling to know that we don't have to worry about the JT Real Muto saga. It's January. It's not February. We can kind of take a breath, but we also now have to address the shortstop position because shortstops have gone off the market and gone up in price. Kinda of like Game Stocks, GameStop stock <laughs> over <laughs> right. the past uh twenty four yeah, hours. Someone has shorted shortstops. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, feeling the squeeze for sure. It's um
1: it's interesting because I think a lot of the talk has also been about next year's shortstop class, free agency class. There's obviously a lot of really good names in there. You don't expect that every single one of those guys will be in the market, but even if three or four of them hit, you know, you're throwing your hat in the ring for any of them, regardless pretty much of who your shortstop is. Um, so yeah, we're in an interesting spot with Didi because we, we declined the
0: qualifying offer on him, right? Like, yeah, was, we did. We didn't even give right. Him, like he was eligible for it, obviously, but they just did not give him the qualifying or extend it to him. Just I guess a little, is the terminology. But they're the Phillies are probably kicking themselves right for not extending the qualifying offer now. It,
1: it was it's a that's a tough gamble to take because I think they're kind of hoping what happened with JT where the market dries up and you can probably get him. You know, seven to ten million cheaper than he was expecting right or what he wanted ultimately JT gets a win and that he gets uh, the most AAV I don't think he doesn't get the most like guarantees or anything there's obviously some deferred money but it's a big win for him because I think beat the Mauer AAV by a hundred thousand dollars a year right right and you know he, I think he also during his whole arbitration thing was also saying that this is about the position not just him that he wants right. to kind of be um you know, like the, the torch bearer to make sure that catchers get paid well and, you know, good for him. And he deserves it. With Didi, it, it feels like almost the opposite where now you're in a weird spot where you're probably looking to next year free agency. And with a lot more clarity about, you know, having a much more normal season, fans in the stadiums, all that. And you're weighing up your options of another short-term Didi deal or or maybe just kicking the can. But also, you know, again, you, you're locked into this big money this is, this is why the Phillies has been such a mess because they're kind of all across the board in terms of what they're looking at. And again, we still haven't
0: addressed starting pitching <laughs> at all, which is a huge issue. Well, hey, Yvonne Nova, $1.5 million. What a, what a name. Right. So th- this is my
1: point, though, is that we're still – if you – charted this on a uh, on a a plot graph like this would be all over the place in terms of like where you're spending your money and for what purpose you know like re-signing JT signing Bryce Harper to big deals like trading for JT in the first place Zach Wheeler Zach Wheeler like all these those those moves are indicative of a team that's like you know just a few pieces away they're all in this is like time to start winning but yet like again you're not addressing starting (laughs) pitching which just seems absolutely insane to me and you're also kind of like let's be honest like we don't really have the personnel to be like just filling in shortstop like Mm dd was fantastic for us i think the reason this team looked a lot better at times last year was because we had him in this lineup and especially as a hitter too he was someone that just seemed to always come up with like that clutch hitter like even when a lot of the team is going through like especially early on in the season we weren't really hitting very well dd was he had a really fantastic obviously it was only about a third of a season, but he had a good season with us last year. I'd like to see him back. I think it makes a ton a left-handed of sense. Left handed bat. I think it makes tons and tons of sense to do. Um kind of regardless of the price at this point, because yeah, the value that you'll lose in having to, you know, shuffle like Kingry or
0: Segura there is like that's huge drop off, in my opinion. And you saw how well Segura played at second base right. last year when you moved him over there. It was night and day compared to what he was at shortstop. Right, you're so.
1: I think to optimize this lineup the best, DD has to be in, and I, I think you you have to do what it. Takes and obviously, your spring training is like sneaking up on us. That was the worry with Real Muso is that you know pitchers and catchers report in the next few weeks, and that's what worries me about the pitching situation as well. Is let's say they actually do sign someone, you know, even if it's in a week or two, that's still like a short window for them to like have to turn around, and obviously with a COVID situation it's even more of a process in terms of moving and you know all the the protocol and guidelines you're gonna have to go through so there's a, a time to get this deal done it's like i don't know uh now <laughs> or by this yeah. weekend because you're running you you are legitimately running out of time to improve this team and if if this team does not sign one more started pitcher like this is it's the same exact team that we saw last year and your year fifth before. starter
0: right now is vince velasquez again
1: and again like we're Listen, I love Vince, but we're we just, we're gonna keep selling ourselves on the idea of this guy year after year, and it's just never gonna materialize. If this team really wants to win, you can't be Vince Velasquez is the type of player that 2015 Phillies sell themselves into, and say, "Well, this is a guy that you know can kind of grow with the team and mm-hmm. maybe materialize and either be a starter for us or maybe be a good like make weight and a trade someday." Like, that's and ironically,
0: not, that's exactly what he was. He was got him in 2015,
1: right? But, you know, but like that, and that's the thing is like that's that's a much different mindset from 2021 where you have all this money invested. You're clearly in the position (laughs) to be competing, you know, at least like that's where you're spending your money. That's what it tells us. But we're like clinging on to this idea that this guy's just going to blossom all of a sudden. Of course he could like Mm -hmm. anything could happen, but is it likely not? I I don't think so. I think we've seen enough on this guy to know that it's just not there. And again, if you're spending all this money on on free agency if you're spending all this capital to to get, you know, good players on this team through trade, I don't know why you would stiff a very important and very glaring hole that this team
0: has. Yeah, it it truly doesn't make a lot of sense and I know the the starting pitching market it was not the greatest this offseason, but there are definitely guys who you can fill in as one-year stopgaps in this rotation to pair with the the quote-unquote big three that you have right now in Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, you hope Spencer Howard's back from the you know shoulder issue he had last year, and you either pencil him in as your number four or your number five, and you need one more guy in there, Yvonne Nova's not the answer there. Like right. It's a, a minor league with a invite to spring training. If he's on the roster, it's $1.5 million. But there are still a number of free agent starting pitchers out there that you can go out and get and improve this roster and we'll see if Dave Dombrowski sticks true to what he said in his press conference a couple weeks ago when uh, when they did sign Archie Bradley and said, you know, there's there's some more money for us to spend this off season. Uh Obviously, the JT contract comes through and all in all, the deferred money for JT's contract, I'm not mad about where we clown the Nationals for deferring money. It's for two years that they're kind of kicking it down the, it's the road
1: 2026 20, and 27 so it's yeah. essentially like having a seven-year deal yeah
0: yeah like which isn't that and it's crazy. only 10 million dollars it's not nationals like were trying to give bryce money in like 2042 120 million <laughs> dollars till he died um and all in all that just means there's more actual money in john middleton's pocket right now to dish out and improve this team and we'll see if he gives the green light to dombrowski to do so And it all comes down to do you want to improve at shortstop, which I would say you have to. It's imperative. Uh, Whether it's on a one-year deal for Didi and you go after next year's shortstop class, which I know we talked, you know, everybody is hyping it up. I just don't see how they go out and attack that shortstop class. Yes, it is historic. Yes, there's going to be a ton of talent in there. But when you're paying... Zach Wheeler, J.T. and Bryce Harper all hundred-plus million-dollar contracts, and we've seen the way that the Phillies have operated right now. Are they going to go out and put out a hundred-plus million dollars on another player? And I'll tell you exactly why. Because they're not going to address any of the glaring
1: holes that we're talking about right now. They're going to have a disappointing season this year, and they know that fans are going to be back. I firmly believe in 2022, we'll be able Mm -hmm. to go, especially like Phillies games. You know, since it's outdoors, be able to go to games again and they're going to know that they're going to have to like with Bryce. They're going to have to get people in the seats even though people will be flocking regardless. They would show up to anything probably by that point. And they're going to make a they'll probably make a big free agency signing to get people engaged again. Cuz I I guarantee you if we go into the season like this, it's going to be another sub 91 season. There's like there's just you can't convince me that this team is going to even make the playoffs if they don't address the pitching. Like I feel like I <laughs> I know this has been a long year. But we can't forget how absolutely terrible the pitching was this year, and even last last year. So yeah, I, I think they can. They they certainly can. They can for sure. And I think they I think it's they the legitimately will. might because that has actually been the blueprint of this team is like one big huge signing. JT is going to count as that, right? You know this this off season, and then like one or two very like minor types of moves, and that's it. That's literally it. That's been the last three off seasons for the Phillies. Except for the Bryce one, which was a little bit of an outlier, where you have like a few like bigger trades, obviously, like JT in that as well. Uh, Gene early on in that, too. Like, that's what this team does. They, they have one huge signing that they can throw on a big uh, uh, banner out front of Citizens Bank Park to get people excited about the team again. And then you show up and you're watching Vince
0: Velasco get pulled in the third inning because he gave up six runs. Like, <laughs> here's your 2022 shortstop class. I'm kind of taking Francisco Lindor off the board right. because the Mets traded for him. He's in their building. They're going to do whatever it takes to right. re-sign him, which is a bummer, but Francisco Lindor I'm going to take off the board here. Marcus Simeon just signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. He'll be 32 or 31 next year. Uh, there was It seemed to be a, a little bit of interest from the Phillies with Simeon this offseason, but he ended up in Toronto. Trevor Story... He'll be 29. Don't know if I want to go after Trevor Story just because of the whole course field thing. I don't know if it'll translate. We'll see. Uh, Corey Seager, intriguing. Don't know if he'll be back with the Dodgers. Um, Has had Tommy John surgery. We've seen, you know, Didi Gregorius bounce back from that. Um, The name on here that intrigues me the most is Javi Baez. Sure, it's another right handed bat, but you know, he's he's won with the Cubs. He's an electric superstar with that team. He has a bunch of energy, and that's a a guy that I think would be perfect for this team. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a guy that knows how to win, knows what it takes to win. If there is one of these shortstops that I'd go after on say maybe a three or a four year deal, it'd be Javi Baez.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, you expect a few of those names will re sign with their team, so you know, we look at it now and think, "Wow, it's going to be amazing." This happens in the NBA a lot, where it's like, "Look mm-hmm. at this free agency class—like, all the top guys resign," and you know, that's it. Um, but even then, it'll still be a. Uh, I think the the Phillies will look at this and think they have flexibility going forward, right? And with Didi, I think it would make some kind of sense to only have him on one year deal, considering he had a, a healthy season last year, but again, it was a shortened season you know you still want him to be able to work your way back up with him and i think a, as a player for himself too he'd probably want to secure a four or five year deal mm-hmm. but i don't think the phillies are going to be willing to do that i don't know many teams that would necessarily be willing to go you know super long again you have to consider the injury history with him and that you haven't really fully seen him back, bounce back yet last year was really promising like trending in the right direction but you know i think it's probably another like bet on yourself type of year for him um and then you know probably again he could be a Philly next year right like signs a longer deal with us or we go after one of these stars which again I wouldn't
0: be shocked to see us do because that has totally been our mo would you give Didi his alleged asking price uh per John Heyman who has been tapped in with the Phillies before uh he said the two front runners right now for Didi after the the big shortstop you know flurry yesterday are the Phillies and the Reds And he's allegedly looking for two years around $30 million. It's not bad. Uh, You know, like, uh, it's less money per year than the
1: the qualifying offer was. And I I think, again, it's short term enough that even if he's, you know, if he gets injured again and you kind of just have to eat it, you could probably live with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we don't really we don't have a clear sense of what the this Phillies team is fully thinking. Um, I, if I'm a win now team, yeah, I'm taking D.D. Gregorius for two years, thirty million. If I'm thinking towards the future, well, this is the tagline that I would tell is, well, we're going to focus this year on developing some of our young stars. Um, we still think that they're going to tell us that Alec Bohm can play shortstop or something stupid well, this year, right? <laughs> let's not also forget, Bryson Stott is right part of this organization that's the thing Still. Is, is you know you could totally see dd go to cincinnati and it's where it's, he started his career and we get sold on well this is gonna be a development year and uh next year we'll make a, a big splash in the market and you know that it could go either way i would personally love to have dd back just because i think he's a great player obviously could you upgrade theoretically in 2022 sure. yes you could also have neither you could also, right. and we've we've been in a situation where you're chasing stars. If if you have a star right now that's choosing between you and the Reds, you're not in a uh, and a Reds team that's cutting payroll, trading not, guys away. You're not in a healthy position as it is. You know, like that's a team that's taking flyers on guys. That's like, that's not the like <laughs> the competition that you
0: necessarily want to. They declined be in. the qualifying offer to Archie Bradley. Right,
1: like so. I, I think that should be a worry for the Phillies as well. Yeah, obviously, some of that could just be talk, but mm-hmm. you know, how if you have another disappointing year, how I mean, how attractive is the Phillies as a whole? I know, obviously, we're gonna have a lot of
0: bias and say, oh, it's great, but you know, like, I think it's attractive by a couple of things. All bias aside, I think it's attractive because there are big name players here mm-hmm. that guys view like oh i want to go play with bryce harper i want to play with aaron Noll i want to play with zach wheeler um you know jt real muto now i think is a very attractive commodity for pitching uh john middleton dave dombrowski if you're listening pitching uh i mean just look how excited archie bradley was outside of their oklahoma right. connection that he is like he is through the roof excited that he gets to you know pitch to to jt real muto this year um I think Philadelphia is one of those cities that you can market as one of those, you know, marquee destination type cities. And I think the, you know, even though it is the oldest ballpark in the NL East, I think Citizens Bank Park is one hell of a place to play. Which I mean is crazy to to say honestly, because it's very recent,
1: (laughs) two thousand five. I I agree with what you said mostly, but I think if I'm talking about like wanting to win, yeah, that's that's again. If you have this is also coming if you theoretically if you're coming off the back of another you know blackluster season very average season like people going to start looking at the phillies and think like there's something Wrong. systemic with this team that like they're why they're not winning like i don't want to waste 6 years of my life maybe making like the nlds once you know because like, that's sorry jt right but i mean that's that's the way this team is kind of trending yeah. again they're they're just treading water right now I'm not moving positively like again you like you saw this, this offseason with some of the competition with the Mets, right? We, like, laugh at the Mets, and I'll still do it, and I will do it until I see the proof right. because it's that's the way it's got to be. But there was a legitimate, I'm not going to call it a power shift, but there's definitely, like, if you're a free agent and you're talking between the Mets, the Braves, or the Phillies, that's not an—I think the Phillies are almost three on that list, honestly. Yeah, I know the Braves Oh, absolutely. You're know, like—and that's just your own division. That's not talking about the National League or baseball as a whole, like— I mean, the Mets got the best shortstop in baseball right now. Right, and that's that's what worries me. Is you, you, you're, not everyone's gonna like hold dear the memories of two thousand eight and think, "Wow, Phillies, what a great team!" Like even that
0: run was like the best run in what fifteen years of the Phillies yeah. had. Yeah, like I think more people are are annoyed about oh nine, ten, and eleven. Right, more than they are like still reminiscing about two thousand eight. I mean, I will always do it because they want it on my birthday, but like you get frustrated you see the tweets about like what you know team surprises you the most that didn't win a championship and I will always go back to that 2011 Phillies team because they had the talent they had the rotation they won over a hundred games and they were bounced in the first round like that drives me crazier than the fact that like they haven't been in the playoffs for the past couple of years right i
1: I just I just think that they're they're in a situation like this is a true paths diverging off season and it's not looking good because again you know this is the same thing we were complaining about with jt you're getting really close to pitchers and catchers reporting you want to have these things signed and done with especially in a year like this you want just everything settled ready to go you get to florida and boom you just you just start up that's it's just what worries me because i really feel like if i really feel like if we don't make any signings like it's looking like we're going to be doing you know outside of potentially dd like what is like? What about this team has improved? Nothing. I, you know, like it's the same thing. You know, maybe you have another, you know, good year out of a few guys. You see Alec Bohm improve. Maybe you see like Stott come up and impress. And Spencer Howard obviously like struggled a little bit last year, but those aren't. That's not elevating you. To I any am kind excited of level. about
0: a full year of Alec Boehm.
1: Me too. Listen, I love that's Alec our Boehm. Boy. <laughs> you know, I don't need to be sold on Alec Boehm any of that, but like, even Bryce Harper is not elevating you mm-hmm. to any kind of level. JT Ramirez, so as, as good as he is, is not
0: elevating you to, like, a playoff team. Like, you need, like, we need pitching. And- I will say, the bullpen has gotten better with the minor moves that they've made. It is definitely better than it was last year. It's the starting pitching that freaks me out about what could potentially be this year outside of, you know, the the big three that they have. And it's an unproven big three. You know, it's, Aaron Nola hasn't had... A, a consistent September in his career. Wheeler had the, the fingernail issue last year. And this is a big, you know, prove it, let's see what you got year from Zach Eflin. I'll pitch this to you. Would you rather them go and sign, you know, a, a one-year deal for like a, a Cole Hamels type, a, a Rich Hill type, a Rick Porcello, or would you rather them go and improve center field? Because center field, I think, is another spot that, you know, and this is all assuming that, say, DeeDee's back. Right. Center field, I think, is the other position on this team that is the giant question mark. Because, yeah, Adam Hazley, didn't really see much of a, a boost from him being out there. You can't continue to throw Roman Quinn out in center field. He's just a dreadful Uh-oh. fielder. But you can. and But they will. <laughs> and then the... The talks that they are going to potentially give Odubel Herrera a chance in spring training to make this roster drives me insane. Um, if I'm Dave Dombrowski, I'm pounding my, my fist on the table and going getting my guy and Jackie Bradley Jr., or I'm going and trading for Andrew Benintendi. If I had my way, it would be both. Um, yes. Because <laughs> um, let's let's not pretend like this team can't.
1: It's pitching for me. It just is, man. i like... I totally agree, and you are very right about center field also being a position of need. No doubt about it. But how many games did we lose last year because of our outfield play? How many games did we lose because of pitching? Because I'm going to tell you, we probably lost 15 games solely because of not even yeah. bullpen, which has. You're right. Bullpen has improved. Starting pitching to me is still a huge question mark Definitely. out of those top three. And even then, you know, like Zach Wheeler, love him. He looked great last year the the stink on him is that he has like you know really good half seasons bad half seasons we saw we didn't see a, a full load from mm-hmm. him last year i'm not saying that he's going to be that but there's still question marks there i just i
0: cannot physically take <laughs> another year and that's why you need to get a dd gregorius right. back because you need and sure dd wasn't spectacular defensively right. but he was definitely an upgrade from what you've had there over the past couple of years and when you have guys like Nola, Wheeler, and Eflin who are ground ball pitchers, you need somebody back there who's shifty enough and can move around at shortstop to play, you know, above average defense. And potentially, if it hits the ceiling, Didi can play a Gold Glove shortstop. Right. So for me, it's pitching just because I I don't know how you you can't
1: those fourth and fifth starts you're almost penciling in a loss. You know, and obviously like guys like. Uh, like, Spencer could come up and obviously have a good night. So we've seen Vince have good nights. We've seen Eflin have good Like, we've, we've seen all these guys mm-hmm. have good nights over the past few years, right? And, like, wow, you know, they've really turned a corner. And then they followed up with four, like, duds. <laughs> right. Like, you can't have games. It's like Embiid without the Sixers, right? You can't have games where you show up and you automatically know, like, our chances of winning are, like, less than 10%. You know, like that just can't that you cannot be a playoff team with such glaring holes like the, the Phillies have on the starting rotation. You just can't. And maybe maybe things will be different this year. Maybe the guys will take leaps. I just don't believe it because we've sold ourselves the last
0: two seasons on that. And it hasn't happened. It just hasn't. And I, I think you need to address it. So Jeff passon was on the Pat McAfee show today and allegedly Trevor Bauer made a bet with one of his friends that if he doesn't sign a one-year deal in his first year of free agency, which is right now Trevor Bauer still has yet to sign, uh, he gets to shoot him in the nuts with a paintball gun. Would you help Trevor Bauer out, knowing how controversial and kind of scummy he can be, would you help Trevor Bauer out and win that bet and sign him to a, a big one-year deal? I would take him. Hell yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> me too.
1: I, listen, yeah, he can – he can obviously be a curmudgeon let's not let's not pretend mm-hmm. like this guy's like i'm gonna love rooting for Trevor Bauer, but if you're talking about getting the scene back into the playoffs, you pay the price. you do what it takes. obviously, you have to hope that his like personality isn't something that's gonna affect any kind of like clubhouse culture right but mm-hmm. you know knowing that the mess that we're in you know uh with under Gabe Kapler with fortnite in the middle of games um. So you obviously have to like do your homework on that and hope that there's going to be no disruption and hope that you know this isn't going to like derail your season in some kind of way but
0: yeah he's
1: he's got talent and ultimately like that's what counts and I I just think this team has to be back in the playoffs. They have to be back yeah. in the conversation. The best sports time last year for the Phillies was that 12 or 13 game run where Bryce Harper was like playing out of his mind. You're winning game after game after game. And it was like, this is what the Phillies can be. This is amazing. And then they collapsed. Mm-hmm. And not all of that was because of the pitching, but the pitching didn't help. It was, it was down to some cold streaks by hitting as well. But like you, you need to get this team back in the spot because you were quickly, seriously, quickly losing people's attention, people's care, and you you have to be in that national conversation. They aren't. The Phillies aren't in that national no. conversation. Like the national media isn't could not care less about the Phillies because outside of Bryce Harper, there's nothing to talk about. There's no interesting story here. There's there's nothing something there's no interesting project. It's not like we have these like beaming young guys. Mm-hmm. We're not the Padres Or it's like we're wow. The White Sox. Look at look at this farm system that they've built here, you know, like they have these really cool, interesting... like no, which is like we're this hodgepodge of free agent signings and one or two guys that might, you know, make the breakthrough. And that's it. You know, so you you have to you have to almost operate like a small market team and be like, we just need our name in the paper. Mm-hmm. We need people talking about us. We we need to be back in that conversation. And I think Trevor Bauer gets you there. So why not?
0: Yeah, and I mean, there are a number of starting pitching options on the market right now that you could sign to a one-year prove it deal that immediately improves this rotation. Taiwan Walker is still out there. Uh, Matt Shoemaker is a guy that's out there. Rich Hill, even though he's 41 years old, is still out there. Uh, Tyler Anderson is out there. There are a number of, you know, even as old as he is, and he didn't pitch last year, so that could help. Felix Hernandez is a guy that would get eyes on this team because of just the type of player he is and what he was in Seattle. You sign him to a one-year deal, that's immediate, you know, fan base, people following King Felix to watch him pitch in the National League, see how he you know finishes out his Hall of Fame career, and hell, you want to get you know the old heads back in, just sign Cole Hamels. Yeah, I, I
1: think again, if you take some one or two year punts on guys, that's not the worst option because, I I just I I think again the fact that we're not hearing anything about this is what worries me. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's, that's what's not great. Like this JT thing dragged the entire offseason practically. And now again, it feels like that's gonna be it, and we're we're just gonna roll with what we got, and we'll we'll see what happens. So, maybe maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know. But right now, um, I just think I think this team's in a, in a very difficult position.
0: Yeah. So hopefully, more moves will be made, and I will put it out there. I, I think Didi's gonna be back. Right. I, I think he I is agree. the next move. Uh, when it happens, I'd say relatively soon. I'd say within the next week or two. Didi Gregorius is back with the Phillies. Um just because the, the the tea leaves are there. If you read the tea leaves, it's the Phillies or the Reds. And I think one of the big factors is Joe Girardi being the manager with the Phillies. I think that, that plays a, a big part in Didi coming back. So putting it out there, if Didi signs first, you know, with the Phillies, we we, we got you covered. We had it here. Um Sixers. Getting back at it. um, <laughs> It's the Lakers. Everybody hyping it up now Man. is the, uh, the potential NBA Finals matchup. People forget this was like one of the rivalries of the 80s. Yep. You know,
1: like early 80s. Obviously, it gets taken over by like the Celtics and Lakers, but a lot of, a lot of hate, hate there. I mean, the Sixers at one point were the franchise. They were behind the Lakers and Celtics, but it was the Lakers, Celtics, Sixers. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's got that to it, at least, some good history. And obviously, it's a huge matchup. It's two of the best teams in the league going after each other. Embiid's backed on it, which is great. Um, man, it is uh, – no, and Embiidless be, and games are painful, unwatchable. <laughs> uh, they are – I like to call them uh, just background. <laughs> you know, like, they just go on in the background, and I'll just like kind of like – I'll play on my phone a little bit. I'll check in for a few minutes. I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) You know, maybe if you're like out somewhere, you like throw it on for like a minute or two just to see how it's going. And then you put it back in your pocket. Like, I don't need to watch this.
0: When Embiid doesn't play, I call those mental health
1: days. (laughs) Yeah, you just take. You're taking load management too because you can't really expect yourself to to sit through games without it, which is terrifying because um, it should be better than it is, but it isn't. And again, this is another. It's another case against Ben Simmons that he can't, he can't lead the team Man. when Embiid isn't there. That's you can't have that from what is supposed to be your second star. As, any other second star, if you look around the league in in either duos or people that have you know the three headed monsters now. If LeBron's out tonight. This is still a tough game. Mm-hmm. You still have to worry that Anthony Davis. You know that he is going to put up you know like 35, 12, and eight. Like like yeah. <laughs> And what's more to be said about that and that he just doesn't elevate his game, which is super disappointing. So Embiid, I don't know what we have to do. He has to be playing every single playoff game for us to have a chance. <laughs> but when Embiid is playing, I think we can beat anyone. We're 12-1 when Embiid plays, which is obscene. It's the best case for him for MVP because literally without him, he this team crumbles. He is the most valuable player to any team in the league because when he is not here,
0: we are absolutely terrible yeah I mean when you have Wobb making the case on you know the FanDuel shows and stuff like that and just tweets saying the the conversation we need to be having right now is why is Joel Embiid not the MVP uh there you go because I mean Wobb is a guy that likes to stir up any type of controversy and he's a Knicks fan so you know he he sees what's going on with Joel Embiid as well Uh, Not that that is, you know, your full-blown litmus test, but that's a guy that, you know, sent out a bazillion apology letters to Sixers fans for being wrong about the process. Um, I had Richie on the show that came out uh, on Tuesday, and we talked a little bit about that Pistons game that they lost. And, you know, like you said, Ben Simmons just doesn't elevate his game, and we haven't seen it since that 16-game winning streak a couple years ago. The Celtics series that we just played, the, the mini-series, like Ben Simmons had 11 fourth-quarter points. In this game alone against the Pistons, he had 11 points total. Like, I don't know what it is. And I mean, all around, everybody besides Tobias Harris, I'd say, played pretty poorly in this game uh, against Detroit in the, the second game. But it, it is one of those things where we, we say it time and time again that when Embiid's out, you expect Ben Simmons to be able to just, you know, elevate and do more with what, you know, is out there for him, and it just fails every single time. I don't know what it's going to – I guess Doc needs to get the Tobias chip that he has and, and do the same thing for Ben Simmons because it, it truly is mind-blowing how much he just fails to answer the bell. Yeah,
1: I don't want to rag on him too hard, right? Because he's our he's our player. For sure. You got to get by. But I mean, it's just the truth. And I, I think there were people talking about not trading him for James effing Harden. <laughs> Which is unbelievable to me. Because Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just, listen. How's that guy doing? Very good. <laughs> Here's what Ben Simmons does very well. He's an elite defender. In transition, he's fantastic. He's a great passer. That's it. Yep. He he does not create offensively. He's not even like one of those guys that's like great around the rim. He isn't. Like he's just not. He refuses to shoot. It's not a. He doesn't really have a shot. He refuses to to attempt. And this is a guy you are paying. Like that's what I think people are still stuck in this mindset sometimes of like, oh well, he's like developing still. Like, we're again we're gonna be saying that when he's twenty nine and he's still averaging you know like 14 points a game and shooting like 61% from the line. Like at a certain point that's just who he is and I think we're at that point. And if you had the chance, it seemed at least who knows, right, for to trade him for James Harden. Now, you know, Bradley Beal right looks super dejected after the last Wizards game. You got to think that, you know, the rumors have been spinning for him the last 2 years about getting traded. That could be discussion again. I don't even know if you have to give up Ben in that situation. Um, you'd probably have to give up, like, Maxi and Thibel and maybe another piece and maybe a pick or something to get uh, Beal. Maybe just swap them. <laughs> See what Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook looks like that, that
0: video clip of Bradley Beal yesterday. With
1: the John Wall. In that the poor
0: guy, man. He, he just looks so dejected and defeated and just has no interest in being in Washington. Right. It's um it's a bummer for him, but yeah, I think
1: you know, you have to be in that conversation about what is your ceiling with Ben Simmons? What's your ceiling with Bradley Beal? Cuz Bradley Beal instead of Ben Simmons, I think this is I think this is a better team. Obviously, you am lo- not pretending like you don't lose things with Ben Simmons. So I'm pointing out his positives and what you lose because he is spectacular defensively. There's no doubt about that. And we've we've seen it, you know, throughout the season. I think he deserves credit for that. But it comes at the extreme cost, and we've seen it in these games, we've seen the playoffs in the past, that he he can't create offense. He can't. He can't shoot. And it's, it's, it's a problem, especially when you get to the playoffs, especially when you play the top teams, because they're smarter, they have better players, especially when the players have more time to prepare, the stakes are way higher. You get found out at a certain point, and I, I think he has been, and this is just who he is, and I, I think if you can move on, I think you, you take the chance to do it because, I again, I think your ceiling is limited with Ben Simmons, especially, you know, Embiid, I think some of, like, the injury stuff, some of the conditioning stuff is overblown. Like, I'm hearing all the time and people, like, one Thing that really annoys me is he's finally getting like his flowers and his dew from some of the national media, but it's all with like the caveat of well, he's finally healthy, he's finally in shape. Yeah. He has been, it's he's, so
0: backhanded. It's that-
1: it is, it is, it's very, very annoying because they can't just compliment him and say, Yeah, he's averaging 34 points and 13 rebounds, and he's shooting like 40% from three as a seven foot two big man. They have to caveat with well, he's in shape now, he's been in shape. That's <laughs> most of injuries have been just load management with no one gives anyone else any crap for, for when guys take you know, back-to-backs off or they don't play, if they have three games scheduled in the week, they just play two. And they've been they've been load management or just freak. Markel Fultz rammed me in the orbital bone with his shoulder and I was out for a month and a half and then leading into the playoffs and I was obviously, any player's going to be out of shape if they're out
0: for a exactly. month and a half. It's just, it's all stupid. They don't say it about Stay Puff Jokic.
1: Right. You know, like, they, they it's just... I don't like that, (laughs) you know. They they have to throw in these digs at him all the time. I think it's stupid. But I I, again, you know, you need someone that can carry the load when Embiid's out, because you know that for the rest of Embiid's time here, he's not he's not going to play more than seventy games in a season. And right now, as it exists, if he plays only seventy games, you can pencil in twelve losses from the very beginning of the season when Embiid is not playing, and that is just not acceptable.
0: And that's when we've all said Dwight Howard is easily the best backup big man Joel has had in his career and still can't get it done because Dwight's going to be in foul trouble every single night when he starts. He's in it even when he's coming off the bench. And, you know, I've seen a couple of people say like Dwight, it seems like he's starting to like feel himself a little bit and feel like, you know, 2012 Dwight is able to make appearances when he really can't. Um, so, I mean, like, y- you got to take advantage of what you have in front of you right now with Joel Embiid. And I I just, you know, Daryl Morey was on uh, SportsCenter with Stephen A. Smith tonight before we went live. And he said that, you know, obviously he's going to say this, but he said that he thinks they have as good a shot as anybody to be a championship contender, win a championship. Um, and it really sounded, you know, undertone that they're not done making moves yet either. Right, and I
1: I think we were talking about that in the aftermath of James Harden, that this is, the Bradley Beal rumors are going to, the Zach Levine rumors are going to come back. Like, that's going to be the discussion now, and I think you have to entertain them, because I think it was, I don't think it's the wrong thing for Darren Moore to have come in this season with the idea of, let me see, let me optimize the lineup a little Mm -hmm. bit. Let me see what just Ben and Joel looks like with, you know, Seth Curry and Danny Green around them, and having Dwight Howard to kind of fill in Like, let's just see what this team looks like without Al Horford. Tobias gets a little freed up. Let's look at that team. We see what that team is. And listen, when they play, everyone's healthy. Seems very good and can definitely challenge for a championship. We're going to see a good test tonight against the Lakers about that. But we also know that it's still in the same position that's it been in years past where you are resting your entire hopes. And obviously a lot of teams, right, if LeBron James gets hurt, of course the Lakers aren't going to be... You know, very unlikely that they win a championship, right? Uh, You know, we've seen it with the Warriors where they get plagued by injuries. Obviously, they're going to be diminished in what they can do. But this team literally can't win regular season games (laughs) when Embiid is not playing. And this is not just this year. This has been years now since he's been a sixer. This team has not won. I just, I, I think, in a way, the experiment is over. And you it's it's on the wall for everyone to see that it's untenable to go forward with that if you have the option to upgrade in a way and again, you're losing someone with Ben Simmons if you get rid of him, and I'm not gonna pretend like that couldn't present other problems for you down the line because mm-hmm. again, having someone that can lock a perimeter player down like he can is really really helpful and you know you you lose some of that, but again, this guy's posting like He's and again the, the whole thing about him is oh he's he's a great passer he's getting four cents against the Pistons. If there was a team for us to dominate in our current construction it is the Pistons loaded up yes. on big men. He, he should have had a, a double double. They took the Sixers blueprint from last year.
0: Right, it's just and we're like oh we're just going to inject steroids into it.
1: It's just bizarre and um so yeah we'll we'll see what happens obviously there's still plenty of time but we are also a quarter of the way through the season can't forget uh it's a yeah, short that, season. that midway point is creeping up pretty quick right i mean you know you're we're almost in february you know this is normally you know already like the halfway point of the season around this time like you're you're getting there pretty quickly uh with, with the games down um i like what i've seen from the sixers so far i think they can absolutely win a championship no doubt about it but i, I think you, you have to be if you're still in team, keep Ben Simmons or Ben Simmons is great. And you guys just don't understand. I think you really need to take a look at yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Take a look at Ben and just think a little more critically about our situation. And I don't know, man, just like, remember what's (laughs) happened when Embiid doesn't play or the last like two playoffs series where like, we've, we just have not had
0: a reliable ball creator handling our possessions. Simple as that. Uh, The Eagles, though, they uh, seem to be assembling a coaching staff that they're going to submit to uh, GQ for the uh, best 40 under 40 because every single coach they hire is uh, under 40 years old. Coaching staff is coming together, and they also look like just different eras of each other and kind of like spliced one human into different pieces. But uh, Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff seems to be coming together. And I think the biggest development from that is it looks like Jeffrey Lurie's allowing Sirianni to pick his coaches. Which was not the case with Doug Peterson. Which is interesting. Um, I don't know if that's a lesson
1: learned. I don't know if that's, we believe in this guy way more than we did in Doug. I don't know if that's, this guy signed up to do what is the impossible, which everyone else told us was stupid, which is fix Carson Wentz. I don't know. Uh, It's... There's certainly um, some question marks. I, this was a name, by the way, that came out of nowhere. I was completely surprised when I saw this uh, pop up on the ticker. I was like, "Who?" Because <laughs> I think we were all bracing uh, for Josh McDaniels. But thank goodness. I mean, it's a it's certainly a step up from that, <laughs>
0: which is if you can't if you can't send Carson to the Colts, right? Bring the you Colts bring the here. Colts to
1: Carson, right? Which,
0: uh, sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Colts to say they look good this year. Mm-hmm. I mean that was with Phil Rivers, who's now retired. I retired. <laughs> I mean, can it, can Carson Wentz be like how much worse can he be than what was Phil Rivers? Thirty six this year, thirty seven. Even be older, thirty eight. You know, like last season of his career, Phil Rivers, who can't move. You know, like thirty nine. I, Jesus, I I. I I'm afraid of the answer to that question, but how much worse can he be than than 39-year-old Phillip Rivers, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, I I guess, the the hope is that you could see something like that. But I think also the Eagles don't have the personnel that the Colts do. Spent a lot of money on that defense. Jonathan Taylor down the stretch was absolutely unbelievable. You had breakout, like, wide receiver guys. I, I don't know that you have that in Philadelphia. We'll see what happens, obviously, with the draft, but... I think there's still more work to be done. Um, I I just worry that this is going to be a... uh, You try and turn it around too fast, and you just end up capsizing the boat. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Just get back to shore and do the repairs, and
1: then be on your way again.
0: The one thing that is interesting with Nick Sirianni is three times in his coaching career, he's been on coaching staffs where... A player has won Comeback Player of the Year, twenty thirteen. He was the Chargers' offensive quality control coach. Philip Rivers wins Comeback Player of the Year, twenty seventeen. Keenan Allen wins Comeback Player of the Year, and then twenty eighteen, which is most akin to Carson Wentz, I'd say. Andrew Luck wins Comeback Player of the Year. So I mean. Does he have a full-blown hand in all of those players winning comeback player of the year? Probably not. But it is an interesting, you know, instance where he was part of three guys winning comeback player of the year and you're thrown back into another situation where Carson Wentz is being viewed as that guy by the front office. Right. So maybe that magic works again. And I think I mean, you you could
1: definitely tell me a story where Carson Wentz does they could a comeback this yeah. year and I think I don't think he's quite as dead and buried as everyone has made him out to be I think we can't forget the injuries that he's sustained and that that has not only a physical effect but a mental one as well maybe you know just a new situation for him makes it work who knows right but again I just don't see the turnaround in a like winning sense like sure Carson could look really good again next year and Great, but like this is still right now probably like a six, seven win team, which might be enough for the division. who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I and just obviously
0: all pre-draft, pre-free right. agency Right,
1: you know we we don't we don't know everything that's that's going to happen next year. But right now you're looking at this team and think like I don't know how much next year's a whole whole lot different because you know you're still in a, a very difficult cap situation. It's going to take time, I think, to kind of rebuild where you where you're trying to be and. I, I i think it's not the worst first step i don't i it's not like this isn't like a sexy signing this isn't like eric right who everyone wants where it's like wow this is the guy that you want to be you know walking away with from this
0: offseason so i i don't think it's terrible either yeah and uh the eagles added more uh coaches to the the coaching staff today they hired florida's offensive coordinator brian johnson as their new quarterback coach which the the interesting part of that is he's known Jalen Hurts since he was four years old and also recruited Jalen Hurts when he was in high school uh, to, I believe, go play at Oregon when Johnson was coaching at Oregon. Um, you know, it, it seemed like the whole plan right now is to to build for Carson Wentz, but now you add uh, a Jalen Hurts component in as your quarterback coach, so we'll see how that plays out. And then uh, they are also hiring... Colts tight end coach, Jason Michael, to be the tight end coach, um, which has totally convinced me that, you know, whenever in any sport you see a, a new coach come in from a different team, they always seem to bring a couple of players along with them. 1,000%, I would bet the farm, Trey Burton's going to be an eagle again because he's been in Philadelphia, knows a lot of the guys that are still on this roster, knows Nick Sirianni's offense and he's a guy that you could probably get on a, a one-year vet minimum deal and who knows what the tight end situation is going to be uh moving forward with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and everything I would I would guarantee Trey Burton is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle come next season it'd be a good
1: uh good homecoming I guess <laughs> um I mean it it's interesting because obviously the tight end situation is another big question mark, right? You don't know what Zach Ertz's future exactly looks like. Obviously, you have Dallas Goddard who missed you know a large chunk of this year, um, but you believe in his talent. Do you believe that like Zach Ertz could be re- rehabilitated, too, by a healthy Carson? Like, that's where, like, believing that you can fix Carson Wentz, whatever's wrong with him, has, like, tons of variables attached to it because if Carson Wentz is better you have to assume that Dallas Goddard's good to great now you have to assume that Zach Ertz probably gets restored to some of that ability right like I, I just I, I think a lot of it hinges on what they're planning to do with the quarterback position and you know is Carson even here because there's still right. a, a reality where Carson Wentz gets traded this offseason as well so I think there's it's like Jenga, like we're just, <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of waiting, you know, this is like the first few rounds when everyone's very easily pulling a, a, a brick out, but pretty soon we're going to get to a point where once one goes, you're going to see a whole, I think, effect where, okay, now we can clearly see what the Futures team either looks like or we know it's going to um, happen next year or the year after in terms of personnel and things like that.
0: Yeah, and uh, Flyers got back in the win column last night against the Devils. Carter Hart's going to be back in net in their next game against the Devils. And his team is just an up-and-down roller coaster right now with the injuries that they're dealing with. Shane Goss' spare coming back, though, is a good sign. And uh, hopefully they can bounce back from those two ugly losses to the Bruins. Did
1: he test positive for COVID,
0: or is he just yeah. in the – Okay, so
1: we'll have to wait on him um, probably, what, like a week and a half, two weeks? Yeah, he was skating this week, yeah. so that's a good sign. So at least he's going to be able to – it just sucks, you know. You're hoping to get someone back from from this hellscape of injuries so far, and boom, COVID hits. So obviously, hope he gets he gets well soon and, and back in the action. But yeah, that's been the story of the Flyer season so far. has been injuries. It's like it kind of I don't want to say hilarious, but like Nolan Patrick is like back and like looking pretty good, and it's like. This is a guy that like couldn't stay healthy and is now back and everyone else is falling apart. I don't know. I don't want to accuse Nolan Patrick of anything, but I'm a little concerned <laughs> that he's he's either sucking or giving out all kinds of good or bad en- energy. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, and hopefully Coots gets back because it's obvious that this team misses what he does You know, from top to bottom on offense and defense. Um, but it was good to see them get back in the win column. Even though the win was ugly against the Devils, uh, you always love beating the devils in any way possible. So hopefully they keep this, you know, the winning vibes going and, uh, we'll keep you up to date with everything that goes down with it. That's why you got to follow us on social media. You can follow Matt at Matt Castorina. You can follow me at kbizzl three one one and follow us for the podcast updates at underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. We're dropping it over on our social media pages UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com is the website for all of our written content. We should have some more blogs going up within the next couple of days. Uh, we got some fun content coming out across the board as well with uh, a number of our shows, so stay tuned for that. And uh, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you're feeling about JT being back. Welcome him back to town. Uh, he's coming home. He's a Philly boy now through and through. Let us know you know, what you want to see the Phillies do next, whether it's Didi Gregorius, more pitching, upgrading center field, or you know, like Matt and I want, all of the above. Um, five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. And you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadioRadio.com, wherever you get your podcast. we are there uh follow the twitch channel twitch.tv slash underground sports so you know when we go live we're three followers away from 200 right there and uh, you can keep up to date with the podcast and of course steven schneider being a professional golfer the way that he is uh skyrocketing up the ranks is marvelous so twitch.tv slash underground sports phi so you can watch the show live and uh, we'll be back later this week talking about whatever goes down with all of these sports teams we know and love. And uh, this show would not be possible. 300 episodes of this show would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP gets you 25% off your order at checkout. And right now, free domestic shipping on all orders. Manscaped.com, promo code USP gets you 20% off and free shipping. And StatesideVodka.com, promo code USP gets you 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com. Must be 21 or older. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 300. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing. Peace.